Hey everybody, this is Reza. This is Sandy. Welcome back to episode 30 of the Stone Cold Sober Podcast. We apologize for the single day delay. Yeah, I have to uh, I have to own up on this one. We came back from our respective July 4th weekend trips on Sunday, and we were looking to record when I realized I had left my personal computer in the office uh, to make transit out of the city on July 2nd a little bit easier, so I apologize for that. Yeah, but it's all good. You know, I, we, we both got in kind of late last night, so it would have been a late recording, and I ended up doing a, quite a bit of work and staying up till like 1 in the morning. And so I woke up mad late this morning for work. Yeah. Um, hopefully everyone had a very enjoyable uh, 4th of July weekend. I know I know we both did. Yeah. Um, so yeah, why don't, why don't you tell me about your weekend? Because I, I honestly haven't heard too much yet. So it was – so last year we did a similar trip where uh, me, my roommate, uh, we go with the – bunch of my friends and we just rent a place upstate we do a lot of barbecue um a lot of alcohol gets drunk drank drunk whatever we set yeah. up fireworks and it's it's great a lot of like cooking outdoors just wanting to be outside um yeah. this year uh one of the main couples that usually hosted uh was moving um so they had to opt out but you know there were some other people that were still available and we definitely wanted to go so thankfully it got booked um, when we show up in Brooklyn to like meet the person who's renting out the uh, the van that's picking us up, it yeah. turns out it's one of those Sprinter vans, which for those of you who don't know what a Sprinter van looks like, it's one of those long black 15-seaters. Uh, um, and this thing is nice on the inside. Like It's sitting down. There's easily another two, three feet of head clearance. Um and so we get in, and it's me, my roommate, my roommate's girlfriend, and these two guys that are in there first. And as we make our way through the tiny streets of Brooklyn uh, to pick up the final couple before we head out of the city, yeah. Um, as we turn into this like narrow one way, and mind you, it's like rush hour traffic right now in Brooklyn. Like it's bumper to bumper. <laughs> We're driving this enormously long and large van. Yeah. We, we go to turn on the side street, and the way these sprinter vans work is because due to their length, they don't turn like normal cars. You have to pull up a little bit more than you're used to and then swing it in, you know? Mm-hmm. Sort of like the way that a door opens and closes on a hinge um, right. is how this, how this van turns. So we ended up scraping this parked truck. Ooh, really? Like like two, three minutes into this ride, we, we scrape. And oh, wow. Thank, and and it was like not a good. It wasn't like an, an, uh, a small dent at all. We scraped the side of our van pretty badly. Um, and what was funny? Well, what was funny slash really annoying was this woman crossed her arms on the side of the sidewalk and just goes, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> um, and what was crazy? She kept walking past us to make sure that we weren't gonna run off, you know? Yeah. Um. So she kept like sort of just lounging around us, making, and it was really aggressive on her part i know she was trying to be like a model citizen to make sure like oh if these kids think they're just gonna run off i'm gonna write down their license plate so fast but she was just waiting luckily, for her time to post to reddit man she just wanted to get a post to reddit and be like look oh, what i look she what was waiting did. for that karma i know it mm-hmm. uh but we wrote our information down and put it on the car and they never contacted us uh luckily it was a really beat up old pickup truck you know the ones that are like steel bumpers old yeah, yeah. Um, did, did, so was we, their car messed up? Like, was it a very noticeable scratch We scuffed scratch it a little side? bit. Yours we scuffed it worse. a little bit on their bumper, but their car was so banged up already that it I makes see. sense why they wouldn't reach out to us. You were like, I couldn't um, even tell. I couldn't even tell what we did and what they already had. Exactly, exactly. So thankfully, uh, we all got just like no one was hurt. You right. Uh, yeah. We picked up the final. Two. It was funny because they were standing right in front, of, like right behind that truck that we like scraped so they're like their mouths drop like what is going on <laughs> yeah um but we uh so we got out of the city uh we made our first stop at costco thing uh i had a costco membership so you know how like when you walk into a costco you got to be like show them the id and tell them who's who you're with um when i walked in i was like yeah all these seven people behind me they're all with me <laughs> we're like we got um, a problem with that yeah uh, they let us in, and so we broke up into three groups. 
me, my roommate, and my roommate's girlfriend was in charge of breakfast foods. Okay. Um, this girl was in charge of desserts, and three guys were in charge of snacks and barbecue. So right. we meet up in the end, and they're like, all right, we'll go by the liquor now because somebody else also had a uh, a Costco membership. We're like, good, do that because Costco's closing in 45 minutes, so make sure you buy the, the alcohol. So when I go to the register to pay, you know how like they can, you can just leave stuff in the tr- in the cart if it's too heavy? Yeah. She goes, just leave all the stuff in the cart. It's easier if I just walk around and scan stuff. And she goes, how many carts are yours? I go, the next three carts are mine. <laughs> so she's just scanning and scanning and scanning. And I'm just like putting stuff into the carts as fast as possible if she takes anything out. Right. And it came out to like $400, which isn't that bad considering we bought a legitimate like metric shitload worth of food. And then we see the uh, the other group come back, and they and they're like, "Did you buy the alcohol?" Like, yeah, we spent about 150 bucks and got like h- over a hundred some beers and handles of like liquor. Yeah. Um, and then we ate some food in the Costco uh, before we headed out because nobody really wanted to cook the first time we got up. Um, and from the Costco in uh, I forget where we were. Um, it was another three and a half hour drive. Uh, but when we got to the place, it was great. It's right. It sits right on this like large pond. Um, we spent the next day sort of like laying around outside. We had these like it was funny. We would have these really large family style breakfasts. Mm-hmm. So another guy met us up when uh, the next day. But every day there'd be nine of us sitting down. Like we'd split duties on making coffee and cooking bacon and making like Eggo waffles and all this stuff. And like we'd all sit down for breakfast and it was really nice. Um, clean up. We'd go outside and either play frisbee or football or lay out on the on the pond or read or sort of all stay together. And then we'd make a large lunch that we'd all sit down together and eat. Rinse and repeat. Dinner. Rinse and repeat. Like play some drinking games, um, or just like the first night we did was uh, we some of us pl- went onto the deck and played beer pong or whatever but another one of us just like another group of four or five of us just started like playing spotify songs uh or songs on spotify of like songs we listened to in middle school and high school and like it was like uh backstreet boys and sinks uh (laughs) smash mouth all you know um and we ended up turning into this huge karaoke party where you just like pass my phone around and be like all right you can add one song to the playlist and then you got to pass off to the next person and it'd be like um, Destiny's Child and Usher and it was just like it was a lot of fun we did that for like three hours just like singing in like in this huge circle it was so funny um, the next day it was, it was raining so this is like actual July 4th it yeah. was raining a little bit so we ended up playing Monopoly it was like all nine of us playing Monopoly Okay. and we played with the actual rules which is like the money is still the same, but if you land on a property that isn't owned, you either have to buy it or it goes yeah. up for auction. Yep. And I had kept reading about these rules, but you know how like everyone plays with these crazy rules, like you don't have to buy properties, or if oh, you no. land on free parking, you get five hundred dollars. Like what I I, re- I saw this documentary on it was like injecting money into the game is how you break the game, and that's why Monopoly takes forever because everyone adds these house rules. Right. The way we played, you were one bad dice throw away from just landing on somebody's property. And if they were, like, aggressive enough to, like, somehow find other properties, like, make all these deals. Like, we, we allowed that. Like, if you bought a property, you could, like, make deals with other people. You allowed them, like, sort of deals like, oh, like, for this transfer of property, I won't make you pay rent three times. Like, mm-hmm. we allowed that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we were like always like one bad dice roll away from bankrupt, and that's how you should be playing this game. Yeah, like it, like it's hard enough just like make it around the board and collect your two hundred. So we played the first one. It was raining outside. We played for about three hours, and then weather sort of got nicer. We threw the frisbee around outside. We cooked some uh, some ribs. Um, it was great. You know, we played again at night, and it was crazy because I landed on chance my first dice roll. Like the game is literally just started. I'm the fourth one to go. I throw dice. It gets me on the chance. The chance card goes advanced to boardwalk. So I buy boardwalk with my first turn, which is like, okay, one nail in the coffin. I go around the board again, and I'm like three um, three spaces away, and it's my turn to roll. I'm just counting. Go one, two, three, park place. 
And I'm just like rolling, like, just give me a three. And I roll a three, and I was like, oh, it's fucking game over. Because I'm the first one on the board to get both Park Place and Boardwalk. So I've got yeah. a monopoly on those properties. No one else has anything close. I, uh, by the time people are starting to accumulate like properties, like two or three, maybe there's a set here or a set there. I already have a hotel on Boardwalk and Park Place. So this is like 45 minutes in. Yeah. Playing with the legitimate rules. And what I ended up doing was when people would land on it, it was like too early to knock people out. So I'd be like, all right, give me properties that you don't want. Or like, I'd be like, <laughs> I'll take your railroad and your electric company. And I'll just take it. I was just trying to cut it deals that way. Yeah. It ended up being where I was the one that would knock people out. Be like, uh, well, you owe me $2,000. You don't have it. We would auction the, uh, the pieces off. And I would just be able to win every auction. So within an hour and a half, I had like four, five like sets. It was like the fastest, legitimate Monopoly win I've ever played. Jesus, man. And because of that, I won't be playing Monopoly for a long time because that was an all-star run. That was the U.S. destroying Japan in the <laughs> Women's World Cup final. Like, pause, restart game. That's how quickly I won Monopoly. <laughs> how do you? How do you? Be, how do you one up that one? Right. Yeah, exactly. Just like never, never lace up your boots ever again. Just retire <laughs> from the game altogether. Yeah. Um. Yesterday. So then last night we uh that the last night we were up there we watched uh Wet Hot American Summer. Uh, we shut off a ton of fireworks. It was a lot of fun. Nice. Uh, we made a huge breakfast. We basically cooked up all the food for the next breakfast. Uh, on the third and final day, we cleaned up and we drove to this place called Catterskill Falls. I want to say, okay. uh, which was like you know forty five minutes away. It was on the way back, and we. It was like these two large uh, freshwater waterfalls, and so we climbed to the first one, and you know we're lounging around. The water's really chilly, but like, oh, let's climb to this second part of this fall. Now, what we failed to realize was everything around us was clay, like red clay. Now, due to the amount of people that had climbed the trail and the fact that there's water splashing on the trail, it is slippery as fuck, yeah. and none of us have the correct shoes, so we're 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 walking up these in like slip on vans, Tom shoes. Like it was pretty dangerous what we ended up doing. Like one bad slip and you're off to the, you're like off the side of the mountain and you're gonna Jesus, die. Man. So we basically just really took our time and like for like we're basically crab crawling our way up this mountain. Jesus. Um, <laughs> it was a ton of fun, but like my white shoes that I wore that I bought I just bare, bought a pair of like these like slip on shoes that are like tan colored like they're fully clayed out that i gotta take a toothbrush to i have these uh i mean you remember my swimming trunks right uh the, the they're like white uh, the blue with like the white daisies all over them sure yeah. um i have a huge red butt print um that i have to <laughs> clean out before i go to the west coast with them so yeah we got back last night into the city at around i want to say eight thirty nine mm-hmm. and it was just a heck of a trip and i was sort of apprehensive because i didn't know that many people going into this trip uh like i said the couple that had that was moving this weekend i'm really close with them right and last year's was a raging success so the fact that it was again this year just really puts to rest the fact that you know you know some cool people and cool people know cool people uh so like even if it's like that one or two degrees of separation it's gonna be an epic weekend you know yeah yeah uh and it was one of those like new new faces become old friends type of thing so it was a it was a heck of a weekend that's good yeah man how was uh how was your weekend oh man so so my weekend was really good so it started off on thursday right thursday i had no idea like thursday like afternoon i had no idea what i was going to be doing um, now Thursday at work, um, most people take off or no, I'm sorry. They don't take off. They work from home. So Thursday is naturally pretty quiet. So the people that were there, we all got together on the roof and we were just kind of chatting and, and talking and whatnot. And they were asking what everyone was doing. And I had no idea what I was going to do. It was, it was either, uh, you know, if my cousins and uncles, uh, my uncle and aunt weren't doing anything, then I was just going to like, maybe go to go downtown and check out the fireworks for myself or just stay in and do nothing. Um, so I was I was I actually decided to run home on uh on Thursday and I had to drop off my rent check which added an extra uh like three miles to my journey, uh yeah. like there and back. So 
I, I walked a good bit of that of that seven miles, but when I was dropping off the check, my cousin called me and she was saying that uh she had said that my like one of their friends has a boat and they were gonna they were gonna take the boat out onto the lake and watch nice. the fireworks in there and I was like, Oh that sounds amazing. She's like, hey, yeah. you, do you want to come? Are you interested? I'm like, oh yeah, for sure. Like, I'm not, not, I'm not like exaggerating. Like, I'm really interested in doing this. So, um, yeah. So Saturday, so like Friday, I just chilled in. Saturday came out, came around, and uh, my cousin picked me up at like five or six p.m. So we we went downtown um, and uh, got. We had to like get a bunch of food because a lot of the friends were already on the boat, and she was like working all day, like you know, cleaning around the house and stuff. Her her mom recently just had surgery for, on her knee. So she was okay. like cleaning up around the house and stuff. Her sister was ready on the boat and the friends were on the boat. So she picked me up, picked up some food for them. And uh, they picked us up at the dock, and, which I was not sure how that was going to go because there were a lot of boats out there, man. Like it was packed at this place. Like not only are there tons of people on boats, but there are tons of people around the lake itself. And there's like, you know, security and stuff. And so I wasn't sure where like, because I don't think either of us have ever gotten on the boat well, I know I have, but I don't think she's ever gotten on a boat at this point, at this place. And so I wasn't sure if the friends were going to know where it was. Right. But we finally find a public dock that we can get on, that we can wait for, for people to pick us up at. And um, they were able to get there. We actually have to cross over another boat to get there because there was no there was no room. Because like, people, oh, okay. people were just like tied up there. They were just like chilling. It wasn't like they, were, they had to like pick people up and leave, I guess. So they were just like chilling there. So we just jumped through their boat and um, and got on. Um, and so there were what two two couples on the boat. One one of which I had met before. The other two people I was I was meeting for the first time. Then um, then my uh, my other cousin was on the boat already. And so the the two of us joined. So I guess it was seven of us on the boat. And so we we like just drove out to like the middle of the lake. And we like tied up with a bunch of other boats. So there was just like, I don't know, 10 boats that were tied together. And we didn't know anybody on those boats. And, oh, well, you know, everyone was just, everyone is super, super friendly in this city. So like, I thought initially that they knew these people, but that wasn't the case. They had literally just met them for the first time. They just drove up and I guess asked if they can tie up. And that was it. I guess you can't get angry if you're on a boat. Well, like, I think it's like, yeah, you can't get angry if you're on the boat. And I think it's like everyone's young and this is just kind of the thing that they do, you know? Yeah. I don't think it's like unheard of or, or weird for them to ask or for anybody else to ask because we were also asked by people that we didn't know if they can tie up. So you didn't happen I, to meet I, somebody named Cy, did you? No, no, <laughs> no, no, I did not. <laughs> oh. Shout out to Cy if you're listening. I love you, man. Oh, so we, uh, we, uh, we're just like we're chilling there. We get there. I think we're we're there at like seven o'clock. We're like tied up. Maybe six thirty, seven o'clock. We're tied up with them with them, and uh, the fireworks start at ten. So we were really just chilling. Uh, at least I w- I was chilling real hard, man. Um, yeah. My my two cousins that were going around, you know, meeting people on the different boats and stuff. I was for the most part just hanging out on on our boat. I should also point out that I wasn't wearing like swimming trunks or anything. I went there in sneakers and shorts and a shirt because. I was going to be staying at their place overnight and I had no idea what the plan really was. Like if we were going to go on the boat, then go out at night afterward, I really didn't know what the plan was. So I just tried to wear something that I could be functional in on the boat and off the boat. Um, yeah, I feel you. Yeah. So, um, you know, got on the boat, took my shoes off. Um, and I was just chilling there. Obviously I wasn't, I, I wasn't wearing swimming shorts, but I didn't plan on jumping in the lake anyway. So that wasn't a big deal. Um, and, uh, yeah, like, you know, ton, tons of people are getting real drunk. Um, weed's obviously legal here, so plenty of people are smoking up now. Um, yeah. And, like, you know, there, there are police boats going every now and then. I don't really know what all the rules are here, but they no one no police boat ever came near us. They were around. They were visible, like, if, if something happened. But they weren't, like, coming over to, like, you know, stop people from drinking from open containers or whatever it would be. Um. So the fireworks started up at like at like ten ten fifteen, and we weren't sure when they were really going to start, but uh, we see like these people parachuting like down. There were skydivers. So every now that we see some skydivers jump, and we see some people, and we're like, oh, maybe it's starting now. And then sure enough, we see like we hear like a helicopter, and then we see a helicopter flying overhead with an American flag, which is really cool. Um, I was able to get a pretty cool picture of that that I put on Instagram uh, yesterday, and so. 
after that, you know, the fireworks show starts. Um, one of my cousins, so my two cousins, neither of them were on the boat when they were starting. One of them went to go find the other because we had no idea where she was. So they finally come back and, uh, you know, the show goes on for like 20 to 30 minutes. And then uh, after that, we we untied and, and we headed back, um, which was, you know, funny because my cousins, one of them got like seasick. The other one hadn't slept in like 36 hours. So they Jesus. both like getting on a passed. boat after that. Yeah, right. So <laughs> one of them, uh, the one that the one that I that I went up with, uh, she was wearing jeans, you know, so uh, jeans and a shirt on the boat. So she was cool, but she, you know, she was seasick. So uh, seasick, and she had drank a little. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think she was really too drunk, but she was definitely not feeling well. So she like passed out. The other one was wearing a bikini, and it was getting cold out. You know, it was like hot earlier in the day, but when the sun's going down here, it probably dropped to like. 60 70 degrees but we're like we're like flying in this boat or not flying but we're, we're 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 moving in this boat so it's windy and, I, and i'm getting cold so i know that she had to have been freezing uh, but she also like passed out too so she she knocked out um we ended up just staying over at one of their friends places and uh the next day we came back got the car and went back up to their house um because we took a we took a tour of boeing with my uncle that's where he works um so we did we did go to Boeing before I talked about it on the podcast recently, um, but today we at, or not today yesterday we actually got to um, like go go into the facility, uh, into the warehouses and see kind of their their production line for the, uh, their assembly lines for the seven forty sevens, the seven seventy seven and the seven eighty seven, and that was really cool too. Like uh, apparently it's apparently it's the the uh, world's biggest building, which I thought was surprising. Um, oh wow. Well, I guess yeah, like size wise. I, yeah, by volume. Yeah, it's 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 massive. Like the buildings are all connected, um, and they're just like huge like hangars basically. Uh, I think from one end, like not not uh, lengthwise, but like the width is like one third of a mile. And they were saying it was talking wow. like back back in the day they have so they have like the production line on the main floor right, but the under underground they have these tunnels that go through that you know send water and 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 whatever other wires that are under that are underneath the factory and i think it was like 1944 whatever year they built this factory or the the uh the the first building itself they didn't really plan for uh where the engineers were going to be housed like where they would work from so they end up working these tunnels but this is before like uh you know phones or whatever like easy easy methods of, of of communication so if something went wrong on the production line and somebody needs to come down and tell the engineers or vice versa they had they basically just had interns literally run up the stairs run down the stair or run run down the stairs sprint across like this one third of a mile um tunnel find the person that they needed because the person wasn't always guaranteed to be guaranteed to be at their desk and then have to run back up and transmit a message back so i was sitting there thinking like you know this this internship was definitely not paid back then i don't think i would have oh, done no it no way <laughs> i don't know if i would i don't know if i would have done it yeah um, that's what like unpaid internships, man, are some of the biggest. Just, <laughs> you know, I can't get down with that. Yeah, right. That's that's. So I'm working for free, huh? Yeah. Okay. Just so Basically. we're clear, I'm I'm doing this for free. Okay. Basically. I think you answered your question right there. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, that that was you know that was obviously really cool. I, I love I love planes. So you know whenever I go to the airport. Or I drive by an airport. I really like. I just love to like see them take off. I like, I love to see them. That's cool. And I actually didn't know that you were that into planes. I'm not even. Into, I'm not even that into planes. Like I don't sit there and research them or anything like that. I don't. You follow just planes said very you're much. into planes. Don't I, lie. I, I said I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated by planes. All right. Uh, I, I, I take I, it back. Sorry. I love. I love planes. I'm fascinated by them. I don't. I'm not like. A, I'm not like a guy who follows planes or anything like that. I don't know anything about military planes and all that stuff. I just yeah. think. I just think the act of like flying is fascinating. Um, I'm a big fan of World War II planes. Yeah, I know you are. Yeah, yeah. Like I used to have like all these posters in my uh, in my bedroom in high school of just like Spitfires and Mustangs and Messerschmitts and Zeros and like I, I mean you know me, I love everything about World War II, but uh, yeah, I felt like dogfights back then were that's the last real dogfight, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know in like Korea they had it still, and Vietnam they had it still, but. The second they moved away from machine guns and they had to go to missiles, you know, that was yeah. such a stark change in just 
American military superiority. In World War Two, America did not have the best fighters in the world, and they still had to win that war. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, I know this is a total tangent, but in like in the in the Atlantic theater and the European theater, the German, you know, ME what 109, the Messerschmitt 109, was the uh, was the best plane. Um, <laughs> and in the yeah, the Messerschmitt BF 109. Uh, in the Pacific Theater, it was the Mitsubishi Zero. So I find it absolutely incredible that like America, like those are classic dogfights. You're yeah. f- like you, you can just imagine like in those movies, like dozens of bombers flying through with like dozens of escorts, and then the other group or the other team to find out like oh my god they're coming, so they scramble dozens of fighters and you just you see these things like I, I can't imagine what it must have been like to be like on a farm staring up and just seeing this huge daytime firework you know yeah it's crazy i'm sorry yeah, no, for sure no no no. I, I completely agree with you and like but i wanted to make one comment about the uh the bikinis on the boat that uh when you said like it was getting really <laughs> cold but you know yeah. girls were still wearing like close to nothing yeah to me that reminds me of that song uh empire state of mind you know jay-z where he <laughs> yeah, goes uh, caught geez. up in the in crowd now you're in style and into the winter and vogue with your skin out like that always like whenever I hear that line, I'm like, yeah. Right. The colder it gets, like women just seem to still wear like the shortest dresses to go out. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, when uh, whenever I drive around like Newark and in, in Delaware, um, especially like in the winter and stuff, you'll still see people. Like if you're out at night, you'll still see girls in like skirts. It'll be like two yeah. degrees outside. I'm like, what are you doing? It's like they're, they're trying to find a husband. <laughs> trying to find that so that's how they say it too it's crazy i hope not i hope not so um yeah like i i definitely saw like some girls you know put something like put a shirt on or whatever but i'm not sure if my like if if like what she had on her like she may have not had a a proper change of clothes or whatever it was or maybe she was just too she was just passing out because she was she was out real fast she was able to like wrap up in a dry towel so I think she was able to stay at least somewhat cool or warm. So that 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 that's good, I guess. Um, gotcha. But yeah, when we got there, I thought it was funny. There was uh, one girl who didn't even have like a top on; she just had pasties over her nipples. See, I was like, I was like, what? Yeah, I don't know, dude. I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know if I get down with that. Like, it sounds awesome in theory, but like, you see that in like. It's it's always weird to see that stuff in person because you're like, well, oh, yeah. you're not getting any support, so it doesn't look as good. But then that's me being misogynistic and yada yada yada, like. And like me, I'm not I'm not the type of person to like stare, you know. Like that thing, it caught my eye. I saw it, and like I was like, all right, I'm done. I'm not I'm not gonna sit there and like look to figure out the, lo- the logistics of it. Because this. you're a righteous man. I would I I don't know how I don't know how large her, her boobs were I don't, I don't I don't even remember the shape of the pasties I think there yeah, were stars do. but don't, I could be completely wrong. Between you and me, between you no, and me, I'm, tell me what they were like. You're saying between you and me while I'm recording this to put, to upload it to YouTube for or and and uh, and and shout engine for forever. No one's watching this. People people do watch and listen, but to all the people so, that are listening right now, earmuffs. <laughs> Razo, tell me, come on, just you and me. No, I'm, I'm, t- I'm telling you, Sandy. So, so anyway, but can you we, tell uh, me? But, but you can tell me that you that you know. You no, know. I really, I really don't know. I, I should have taken don't a picture do this. for you. I should don't have taken a picture this. for you. So we see. Uh, this is where you let me down because that's all I. That's all I've ever wanted. I'm not a. I'm not a. Uh, I, I. I failed. The, I failed all the men. But you know what? That's you can't you can't be taking pictures of that. You you can't be caught creeping like that. I, no, I, I just could have take I could have discreetly taken a picture just for you, and that's it. But but no, that'd be a really hard thing to to have to talk about later. Or, right. So, uh, <laughs> so what had happened was sit there and try to explain. It. I'm just not trying to get called out. You know, you got to be kind. Exactly. You, you got. You don't like, need that in your life right now. You you know <laughs> you know when uh, when Kevin Hart's talking about. Uh, you know the 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 dumb nigga stance. And he's yeah. talking about he's talk he the for, at first he says something about the chips right, but the second time, she he's like she's like what are you doing with all these naked bitches? And he's like I, I, just, I thought it was cool. I just come on. I thought it was cool. I everyone else was doing it right. So you're you know, on the top of your head. I, I, I feel I feel like even even if 
so like if Lena's there, I gotta be careful with my eyes, right? Even if she's and she, if she's not there, I gotta be careful my, with my eyes because I feel like even though she doesn't know anybody here, I feel like there's spies out there, Sandy. I feel oh, like there's spies. Oh, oh, there's spies no. everywhere. That's <laughs> how like it works. If I got called out and all of a sudden it turns into a thing, then then you know I you don't need that. Then she right hears. Now. I don't need that. I don't. I don't need to be. I don't need to be on Twitter. I don't need to be. I don't need to be trending. You don't need to be standing up there with her next to you, giving some <laughs> apology. You know, exactly. Sorry, I let down my family. Exactly. Um, no, it's never going to be worth it. It's right. never going to be worth it. So I try to. I try to be cool I about things. You. I feel you. Uh, but no, it, it it was really cool. But the, the whole time I was on the boat, I really was just like chilling hardcore. I was I was so relaxed. It was really good because I worked. I had worked. Um, so like the day before, I did a little bit of work. I, I relaxed, I gamed for a bit, but then that day I was working almost the entire morning into the afternoon and evening, and so to just like be able to sit on the boat and relax, like my cousins were going across different boats and talking to people and meeting people, and I yeah. was just like, you know what, even if I, I barely knew those two couples, so the one couple I didn't know on the boat at all, I'd never met them before, the other couple I had met when we went out the first weekend that I was here, or the second weekend, and um, the... Uh, they were really cool people. Um, the one dude who was barring the boat from his partner, he was a really nice guy. Like, uh, he was just like super, like really down to earth. We were able to just kind of talk about whatever. Um, so I, I like talking with them. And I, I you know, you there know you me. We don't like. I think you and I are the same, right? When we went to Brazil, like it doesn't have. We don't have to sit there and constantly try to entertain one another to be nah, comfortable dude. you know you could be in the same room you could be in the same area and not have to be having a conversation just be to be comfortable it's not awkward so i was just able to just sit on sit on the boat i didn't have cert like even though i had service i think there were so many people around that i couldn't i could um i i can i think i can make calls and receive and and uh send texts and receive texts but i couldn't get any data so i tried to send you a picture and i tried to send lane a picture too um of like where i was like the boats and stuff and i and they just wouldn't send um i think what was tough though was because uh i was not in a place that had signal oh yeah yeah you you were so, you were in the void i was not in a uh, void dude. but there were just so many people around that i just couldn't couldn't get right. any data but when i was I on there I, I was kind of reflecting it and what made this even funnier or more interesting was that the next day i had read this article on gq uh it's actually an older article i think it's about a year old but it's it's called the strange and curious tale of the last true hermit we'll actually link it in the uh the description um when i was on the boat i was just kind of like thinking about what uh like kind of how i portray myself you know so this this uh this article it's a really long article but it's really really captivating it's really hard to put down i think like i think you and i both had the same problem we started it and we just couldn't couldn't stop reading it um but it's basically about this man who uh decides at the age of like 20 something that he doesn't really want to be a part of the society anymore i don't know if that was that actually his thought process at the time but he basically took his car he quit his job he drove as far as he could uh lived in maine drove as far as he could on that tank of gas got out of his car just started walking and he ended up not having any contact with any humans for the thick 23 years um or at least very little contact uh he basically he basically he he'd robbed like thousands of people he 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 was robbing people like thousands of times um so people would wake up and realize like i could have sworn i bought a loaf of bread yesterday and there's no loaf of bread in my fridge now stuff like that so yeah he like he like never physically hurt anybody but obviously you don't feel safe when you are certain that somebody's stealing like something or somebody's stealing something from your house so um but he was saying one of the things that he loved and and misses the most about his time away from people and society is that he was able to just strip away all the layers of his like personality he can he could find his true self he didn't have to lie about anything he could just be himself um and and that's kind of what I, what I was when I was sitting there on the boat the day before I actually read this article I was sitting there thinking like I'm just like watching all the people around obviously there's a lot of drunk people but the way people act the way the girls were like dancing they so like a lot of the girls they know or truly believe that they're really sexy they can kind of just get whoever they want right at least that's how I kind of perceive the way their 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 uh their uh their body language and mm-hmm. 
the way the guys like interact with them. And I was just sitting there thinking like, I wonder if this is enhanced by the alcohol, if it's really how they act. Like, I just don't think I can do that. Um, and maybe it's because I'm not drinking that makes me my make that that just takes away my ability to do that. But the whole time I'm just sitting there thinking like I can't I, I if I had to like interact with these people like it. So my cousins are going around beating a lot of people and, you know, they're having a good time and stuff. And if I was doing that, I'd be miserable. Like I was enjoying myself like a hundredfold, just chilling out with the two other couples there, just relaxing and talking with them or just not talking, whatever it would be. Right. Um, yeah. And I'm just sitting there thinking like. Even even being there with them, though, I, I'm still putting on somewhat of an act. You know, I put up a wall a lot personally, like when I when I communicate with people um, for like the first time or second time or even hundredth time. It just depends on the relationship that I have with that person. Like you and like the way I'm being super talkative and enthusiastic right now, I, I, I have a lot of trouble doing this same thing when I'm talking with other people. Um, and that's not my true self. And I wonder, like, I, I don't know. I was just, I was just really reflecting on what, what is my true self? Is it kind of the way I that I act when I'm around Lena? Like, I'm super goofy. Um, I like to be. I like to talk a lot. <laughs> uh, I like to make jokes a lot. Is it kind of in between? Like, is that not really my true self? Is that kind of a, a, a an act or some type of mask that I put on because I know that she responds well to that? Hmm. Um. Well, first off, if we back up a second, the girls who thought they were really sexy, that could be <laughs> – just remember that that is also a self-image thing. Uh-huh. So if you are confident in who you are, I think that's – I mean you're totally – I mean you should definitely be able to dance however you want to dance. Right. Um. I do know that alcohol is always going to – I mean alcohol is liquid courage, right? So – you're going to be more open to doing things uh, right. that you normally might be a little bit uh, more reserved to do so. So I think alcohol will always help things uh, along. You know, alcohol definitely opens people up. Yeah. Um, I do totally agree with you that uh, I think it might also come down to like, and I hate to use these words even, but like introversion, extroversion. Yeah. Um, I think the best description of those two words that I've read recently is that extroversion uh, derive their energy from other people um, while introverted people derive their energy from sort of being around no one else Yeah, and that extroverted people, introverted people can be around other people or be alone and it's totally fine. But right. it's just a matter of how you recharge, right? So extroverted people recharge around other people. Right. Um, and us introverted people will just recharge uh, when we're by ourselves or if it's just like with people that you really trust. Yeah. Um, now, to tie it all back to this hermit uh, story that you read, you know, there's the, I feel like those sort of urges to not be a part of society happen all the time. Yeah. I mean, it might be something as simple as like, oh, I don't want to be at this party anymore. I just want to go home and play video games or I just don't want to be in this particular situation anymore. I just want to be anywhere else but here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that he just took it to a whole nother level. And I think, you know, I mean, granted, I understand why he was arrested because you are stealing from people. You're breaking and entering a property, yada, yada, yada. But uh, I mean, I totally understand his desire to just – not have to put up a face anymore or fr- it's really tiring and exhausting yeah. to have to do that. I mean, you and I both know when we have to when we have to put it on or when it's when it's game time, it's game time, you know? And right. depending on how long it is, it's it's totally not a it's totally a breeze to have to do that. But at a after a certain point, you get exhausted. And you have to always be able to – you always have to be saying the right things, doing the right things, impressing somebody else mm-hmm. um, to as if that it's going to help you personally somehow. Yeah. Um, and, and and that can just be too much sometimes. Yeah, for sure. That was, uh, that was one of the things that really got me about the article and I thought it was kind of interesting is how I, – I wonder like how he really knew that this is what he wanted to do or like – 
the 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 author was really like so the author was able to interview this guy you know he 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 first like started sending him letters when he was in prison and that really that it really sat well with it with the guy um you know i i'm sure i'm sure a lot of people try to contact him and 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 speak to him and he he really responded well to the to the written letter like a handwritten letter not even typed or anything like that because keep in mind right. this guy was this guy was away from society for like tw- what 23 years i think is what it was so he missed out on all sorts of advancement advances in technology like he wouldn't know what an email is you know uh he doesn't know what the internet is or a cell phone things like that so i i thought that was i, I what i thought was kind of interesting is how he really or like i i'm sorry that's not i was thinking how do you really know who your true self is without escaping from society for a long period of time? Yeah. Like, I, that, I mean, that's wasn't kind it of also get- true that, like, because he hadn't spoken in 23 years to other people, like, his vocal cords were underdeveloped again? Yeah. Like, I'm sure he, I'm sure he, he spoke or said things at some point. But, yeah, you're right. He, I think he spoke very slowly and, uh, like, a almost deliberate manner. He tried to be careful on how he, how he, uh, spoke certain words in order to in order for them to sound correct. Um, yeah, I just thought it was kind of weird because I feel like we do put on so many masks, and some people are able to wear the masks better than others. And I was just kind of wondering. And I actually had this conversation a few years ago with with a couple of friends uh, right before we graduated from from our undergrad, and we were kind of talking about like how people have fun, how people unwind when it comes to, especially partiers, because the people that I was talking to, they don't, they don't drink either. And so I was kind of like wondering, like, I wonder if when people get to college, if they, cause I'm, I remember plenty of people that didn't drink before college. And then as we, as time went on, a lot of people transitioned from not like never touching alcohol to, I want to drink every single weekend. And I just wondered like if it was, them really opening up and like really enjoying the experience overall or if it was kind of like well this is how everybody does it at at college you know every single weekend people are throwing parties and people are getting really drunk and that's kind of what's expected so i'm going to do that too and what's kind of interesting for my experience was just watching that from afar i never felt i never wanted to emulate that like it drove me further away from the desire from drink to to actually drink to see people do things that they would normally never do that really bothered me because i feel like i would look really dumb if i was doing that and like alcohol is obviously an excuse for a lot of people and that's fine but i was just so driven away from it that it's really turned my urge against like like i i didn't i just don't have a strong urge to drink or even try it now just so we're clear Mm -hmm. i hate that uh, uh, argument. Oh, just do it because everyone does it, right? Um, and I think that's something that that sort of peer pressure is still happening today. Like it's almost it's basically the fear of missing out. You know, yeah. Um, you are sort of acknowledging and allowing your type of destructive behavior. Now, destructive is sort of subjective, right? To allow this behavior. You can to ju- to, to justify said behavior because everybody else is doing it. I think that's right. one of the weakest arguments out there to pressure people to live a lifestyle that they don't want to live. Yeah, like just like I like you and I don't drink. Um, I drink a little bit more than you do because I do drink and you don't drink. Period. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you're you're not I, you, you when you drink. It's like what like. You you might have one, one we'll drink. say like one glass one one drink per month on average and and then that'll just be several months of no drinking in a row for you probably right yeah like the amount of the amount that I drink is negligible it's within the standard deviation of not drinking <laughs> yeah um, yeah like when I like I was at a happy hour earlier before I came home today uh, to celebrate the launch of the redesign of the American Express app everyone who's listening go who check has it out American Express. Check it out. Leave a good review if you feel so. Um, yeah, I just drank. Uh, I just drank. Uh, what's it called? Spark. Uh, what's the spark? Uh, club soda. Yeah. Although I drink sparkling soda. Um, I just drink club soda, and it's just one of the things. Where, like, adults get to a point where it's yeah. If you don't drink, you don't drink. It's not a big deal. I feel yeah. like kids put so much pressure on themselves to ha- quote have a good time fit in that they feel the only way to do it is to destroy your body with alcohol 
Like not yeah. only is alcohol something that could that will is actively destroying your body, but it's expensive, right? Oh yeah. And and you you pay such a high price for it. Uh, yeah. These hangovers are absolutely brutal, you know. And then you end up doing things that you that you regret. Now, they, now the argument is, oh, I do it for the story. That's absolutely true. You can totally do things for the story. Mm-hmm. But we need to stop looking at alcohol as if it is something that is uh, sort of like side effect free. Right. Like only good things happen out of drinking or, oh, like you're you're not a man if you don't drink. It's it's like, well, if that's the case, and I don't think I need to be hanging out with you. Yeah. Because there's oh, yeah, plenty sure. of people out there that I would rather be hanging out with that don't give two shits about whether or not I drink or not. Right. What I was, um, you're totally, you're totally right about that. Um, I remember talking to people back in like high school and they would say that they drank just like almost, almost exclusively because it made them, it let them do things that they normally wouldn't do it. Like, like, you know how you like, I, so I equate the, I equated that to like when I get really tired, which is a kind of a funny, um, relationship to make, I guess. But when, when I'm tired, I kind of lose um, my uh, my ability to restrain myself. So yeah, things are things are funnier. I'll say or do things that I normally wouldn't say or do because I'd be too embarrassed to, to do them otherwise. And uh, I think I feel like that's probably at least you know to some degree what happens when you drink. But well, that's like, not surprising though. That's that's just being punch drunk. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like when people say that they wouldn't be able to speak to somebody, they wouldn't have the courage to speak to somebody unless they drank a little bit. I just feel like that I I don't like that um that's a restriction for some people. Like or they they need to drink in order to get the courage to speak to somebody, you know, like if they're interested in someone. I'm not gonna sit here and say that I'll talk to anybody that I'm interested in. Like I've trained myself to talk to anyone that I'm interested in, um, while being sober. But to say that you wouldn't be able to do it at all, I just feel like that's a. I don't think that's a good enough reason. I I feel like it's. Uh, I mean, but that but that social anxiety is real though. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um. But to me, I just don't think that's. I still don't think that's a good enough reason to try to drink. So that I could speak to someone because. So many times, like, sure, if you have, like, a drink or two, that can kind of just give you the courage. It can kind of just loosen you up a bit, right? But so many times you see people that get trashed and end up, like, cheating on their significant other or do something dumb like drink and drive. You you lose a lot of your your, your common sense, I think, when it comes to, when it, when it comes to alcohol. And I, that's why oh, I've sure. never really engaged in it. Because it's not, like, I'm sure in moderation it can be fine, but it, so often you see it being used way too excessively and i feel like i'm i feel like i've gotten to a point where i'm old enough like so here's another thing like i don't even feel i don't even feel a thing when people offer me alcohol i'm like oh no i'm fine i was offered i was probably offered a drink like 10 or 15 times this weekend and like most of the time people are like oh no go ahead like have it and i'll come no i'm good and then um then they'd be like, "Oh, do you, do you drink? Do you not drink?" And I'm like, "Yeah, no, I don't drink." And they're like, "Oh, cool, I respect that stuff like that," which I always find really cool because I remember when we did Dare back in the day, and like you know, elementary school, the the instructors made it seem like people were going to shove it down your throat if you didn't do it. Um, but people, any, I don't think I've ever had a bad experience telling somebody that I don't drink, or maybe just one bad experience, which I think I've talked about in an older older podcast, but it wasn't like it was that big of a deal, um, and so. Uh, I'm trying to remember what I was going to say about that last point. I don't know. I don't remember. Okay. Well, who who gave you uh, who gave you shit for not drinking? Uh, so it was back in high school. We were we were at a party, and and one of my friends was having a graduation party, and you know, I go over to his place, and his parents are out of town. I go to his place. I'm hanging out with a few of my other friends who were there, and uh, one girl was like, "Oh, drink with me," or like she wants to be drink, like take a shot or something. I'm like, "Oh, no, I don't drink," or like, "I, you know, I'm good." And she kept pressuring me, and I was like, "I don't drink," and uh, she was like, "You don't drink." She's like, "So why are you here?" I'm like, "Bitch, why are you here? You don't, you don't know, you don't know the guy that that's hosting the party like I do. Like, I'm, I'm friends with him. Like, we hang out, we'll hang out outside of this party. You would never hang out with him. That's why I'm here." Uh, I just that that's the only bad experience that I had when it came to it, and it, like I said, it wasn't like she it wasn't like the worst thing in the world. It's not like she tried to like force anything down my throat. 
um, it was just her response. I was taken aback by it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think as we grow older, we realize that people care less and less about what not you drink and that yeah. you, you sort of start to hang out with people that share your same views. Like if you drink, great. And there's a ton right. of people out there that drink. If you right. don't drink, there's also a ton of people that don't drink. And I think it's yeah. a, as you get older, you also start to realize like what kind of lifestyle you are more comfortable leading. Mm-hmm. And you just start to surround yourself with, uh, with people that sort of are of the same lifestyle as you. Yeah. Um, now, with this hermit story, I think it's a bit extreme, obviously. Um, of course. But I do think that you do start to you, – you just surround yourself with people that either uh, enjoy the same activities as you, draw the same energy the same way as you. Um, you, you find yourself closer to people who you don't have to put on a mask for. Yeah. When you start to realize that you take your mask off, you show the real you around – whoever you show your real self to – is the group of people that you'll most likely call friends for a long time. Yeah. Um, and I think it's exciting and interesting to see how that group changes over the years. As you grow and find out who you become and through either physical proximity, type of relationship, or just staying in touch with somebody, you'll find that, that ca- those cast of characters change. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I don't want to sound preachy, but, you know, it's totally fine to not have the the exact same group of friends you've had your entire life. Right. People's, you know, interest, I, people's interests change. and Yeah, people's interests change. Your geographic location changes. Um, now, granted, I know that there's a group in our high school that we graduated from that were able to stay friends not only through, like, what all of – kindergarten, <laughs> elementary school, middle school, high school, and then college and post-college. I think that's phenomenal. I think to be able to share those experiences and relations with people through every step of your life is something like really enviable, you know? To be able yeah. to say that you've stayed that close for that long is great. Yeah. But there's also something to be said about just finding new friends to call old friends. Yeah. Um, I don't think one is better than the other. Um, I think it's an embarrassment of riches, really, that you're comparing. Like, oh, well, I have these really close friends that I've known for this many years. Oh, I've known my close friends for this many years. Well, are they close friends? Yes. So then I guess we're. I guess that's the end of the conversation, really. Yeah. Um, I, it's, I think it's just uh, surround yourself with people who you don't have to put on a mask for. And I think you'll find that you'll be a lot happier. Yeah. I, that's actually one thing that I thought was kind of interesting about the story is how the guy was able to just up and leave his entire family too. He had he had brothers and a sister, I think. His his mom and dad. His dad had passed away when he was gone. His mom had you know they missed him, and she apparently held on to hope that he you know he would one day return. They didn't know where he went. Uh, like they thought you know he could have been kidnapped, he could have been killed, whatever the whatever the situation was. Um, I I feel I like think- that would be so hard for me. I, I don't know if I'd be able to do that without telling somebody. You know, like have you ever read about the people on on like Reddit that say they've 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 uh, just packed their, their things death. up and not maybe not even fake their own deaths, but like they've lived in one city one day. Say they lived in like New York City or or like a small town or whatever, and things weren't good for them, and they just kind of packed their things up and left without telling like anybody. And the people then had no idea where they went, and they've lived you know ten fifteen years in another place. And they've never been happier. I feel like it'd be really hard to do that. Like, like I'm sure those people have even told their families at least that they're leaving, you know, or they're really close friends. Yeah, it's uh, – I don't know if I have it in me to do that. I don't know if I want to do that. Yeah, and no, I certainly don't. I'm very happy with what I have and where I am. Maybe that's why it's so hard for us to really imagine it. Right. Um. Can I just totally give a side, uh, like a side note? That uh, do you know who Donnie Yen is? Donnie Yen, I don't think he I was, do. He uh, was he was Ip Man. He was the uh, he's the Asian actor who does Ip Man. Oh yes, yes. 
Yeah, he I just was looked all, him up. You ever see that movie Hero? Mm-hmm. With Jet Li? Yeah. Donnie Yen is the blind guy that he fights in the chess area in the beginning. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. We, we You and um, I watched that scene the other day, right? Not Not too long ago. Not too long ago, yeah. Well, Donnie Yen will become the first Chinese Jedi Knight in Star Wars Episode Eight. Oh, wow. That nice. makes sense. There's so many Asian people around. There's not one Jedi. Like, are you serious? I feel like Jedis should have come from <laughs> from Asia, but that's, you know, that's none of my business. Um, but uh, yeah. So uh, I think to close out, are you uh, are you listening, reading, watching anything right now? Um, I started watching Ballers at your recommendation. I enjoy that show. Uh, I'm actually excited to watch episode three tonight. So that's what I will be, I will be doing. Um. No updates on like books or anything. I've been over the last twenty four hours. I've been obsessed with that uh, D'Angelo song. It's it's called Untitled. But how does it feel? Can't stop mm-hmm. listening to it. I, I was telling Lena about this, but I think it's mostly just because I kind of found peace with the song, or peace, or I just kind of found my groove with the song. I was working late last night, and I was just I just had like the song going on repeat, and it wasn't like I was sitting there actively listening to it, but it was just kind of keeping me in the work mode and and, and keeping keeping the keeping the gears churning. So I was listening to that a lot last night into today, but uh, that's that's that shall be passing soon. Okay. Um, what about you? I am currently reading the book The Martian, um, which that uh, new Matt Damon movie is is coming out, made by Ridley Scott. It's like an all star cast. Yeah. Um. I absolutely love The Martian right now. It's a really quick read. It's about 300-some pages. It's written in the Captain's Log style. Okay. Um, I know that uh, This American Life recently covered that sort of style of writing. Yeah, I just listened to that. It, is that is – that, do you think that's the motivation for that podcast or that episode of This American Life? You know, it might be. It might be. Yeah, I just um, I literally just listened to it on Thursday. Yeah, it's uh, – it's phenomenal though it's really funny it's really matter of fact uh-huh. uh and you get the you get a couple of point of views you get his mark watney's uh captain's log and like his sort of thought process and then you get yeah. like nasa's on the ground and like a lot of different players um okay. it's really easy to follow really simple i know they throw a lot of like math and stuff at you but it's all really straightforward like you don't need to understand a lot of it because he writes it in a very layman's terms kind of way i see um so i've i got like last night i stayed up till three in the morning when i should have gone to bed <laughs> uh just reading the book i'm about halfway done uh i've been listening to saint paul and the broken bones uh, uh, yeah. I have them on repeat right now. They're this uh, band from Alabama. Uh, he, uh, the guy, Paul, the lead singer, he grew up listening. Only He was only allowed to listen to gospel music. Wow. Um, and so – and he was able to listen to like Marvin Gaye before Let's Get It On. Um, <laughs> and so he has a very defined sort of music style. Uh, and I love it. He just – he's a – He's a very he's got a very powerful voice, mm-hmm. like one of those people who can like do the controlled scream, you know. Yeah. Um. So that's what I've been listening to, and, and watching wise, I need to watch True Detective and Ballers in the Brink tonight. Um, right. Uh, I guess playing wise, are you still playing Destiny? Uh, I touched it for a little bit this weekend. Um, but I've really still been into the uh, into the Arkham Knight game. But I've also been caught up a little bit with some uh, some work from back home. So I haven't been playing like this past week. I didn't play too much. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. still 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 enjoy Destiny. Waiting for uh, waiting for some some nerfs and some buffs to be thrown out. I think the last time you played, auto rifles were by far the best weapons to use. But at this point, the entire game is is dominated by people using the exotic can can and thorn and the last word, which I don't know if you really had to encounter too much of back in back in the day. Um, so those two weapons are are like by and far the most used weapons in uh, the entire Crucible. So we're expecting that those will be uh, addressed soon. But people like. You know, pe- people always want to have something new to complain about, so that's the new thing on Reddit right now, on that subreddit. People are just constantly complaining and talking about how insane it is that, that Bungie hasn't addressed this problem that's been a problem for supposedly seven months now. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I'm still playing The Witcher 3. Uh, but you and I downloaded Elite Dangerous, which is like this new open world space game, which could be cool. Yeah. Um, we may or may not be able to check it out today. Maybe tomorrow. We'll see. Yeah, my download did finish, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see about. Maybe, maybe I'll hop on for a little bit before I eat dinner, and then uh, just to try it out. It's like twenty or thirty yeah. minutes after we finish recording here. Yeah, let's do that. All right. Well, I'm Reza. I'm Sandy. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. <laughs>